Welcome to Ben's Multi-Story Podcast. This episode features artist, illustrator, all-round godlike genius, Philip Bond. You don't have to be into comics, you don't even have to be living in the 90s like I am to appreciate this man's work. If you check him out on social media or their new venture, Black Crown Publishing, they've got some great comics. Even if you're not a comic book fan, you will be when you've read these. Enjoy. I'm sitting in the room with Philip Bond, a comic book artist and, uh, for me, um, a bit of a genius. But um, I'm not sure if you, you, you can, do you like the tag genius? I'm, I'm comfortable with that, yeah. That's good to know, right, that's as, good to as know. As long as your, your usage of the word genius is sort of pretty broad. I, I, have, I have a list of genii. Is that the word yeah. genius is? Yeah, is it a long list? It's not that long, if I'm honest. Then I'm not comfortable with that. Uh, Carl Putnam's I, I on it. I don't want to be on a short list. Carl Putnam's on it. So Putnam's on it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mike I'll Dunphy's do. on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I suppose by ne- by the very virtue of the fact they're in Cud, all of Cud are on it. Okay. Even past members and okay. and, and and members that were only in there for a short time. Even in like peripheral. Even peripheral yeah. members. Even their their old sound men. I, I like bring myself in as a peripheral. Well, this code. is the thing because um, I guess I first I first found your work in Deadline. Yeah, which I think probably uh, quite a few. Do. Would would you be fair to say that's the first mainstream? If if it was mainstream, then yeah, that was my. That really, it was our first work. When I and I say us because it was uh, <clears throat> like a bunch of bunch of college friends really who turned out to be Jamie Hewlett and Alan Martin. Uh, so it was just a bunch of friends, and yeah, that was our our first. That really was our first published work, issue one of Deadline. In nineteen eighty, whatever it was, nineteen eighty nine, maybe eighty eight, eighty nine. Eighty. Oh, I don't know. No, I want to say eighty eight for some reason. It probably was eighty eight because I think they were like celebrating the the thirtieth anniversary of Tank Girl at the moment. Yes. Yeah, that would so, make sense. So it would be eighty eight. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know why I remember that. Uh, I say mainstream. I guess it was in my mainstream, and I guess at yeah. that point it was that kind of. Um, Oh, it's just hard to say, isn't it? Because you're at that time when there was an explosion of indie bands, as they they were called, yeah. and, and people liked Cud, um, and it was a John Peel thing. And you, were, I was in the sixth form, and it was all coming up to the sixth form, and um, and I guess you were kind of. I've always been um, enjoyed illustrations, and I was brought up on two thousand AD. Yeah. So I guess that that was kind of to me, it felt like my two thousand AD, but with music. Yeah, um, that's nice. Uh, and, and there was a lot of music in it, wasn't there? Yeah. There was a lot of references well, music to music. Was like completely integral to the whole thing. It was, uh, you know, we were all influenced by music and we wanted music to be a part of it. And it was when, when we knew it was going to be like a, like a magazine format, like a magazine with comics. Um, and there were going to be interviews and, and features and stuff like that. Then it was... Yeah, it was it was music and comics. Yeah, which is actually what we're doing now. <laughs> strangely enough, we'll get to that eventually. Yes, it's, yeah, it yeah, all, no, it we'll, all we'll, comes full circle. It, it does, it does, um, in a very handy way because it's like, yeah. So, let's go back because I think, and yeah, I know you mentioned Jamie Hewlett and Alan Martin, and obviously they created, um, in the same way that Judge Dredd became the cover girl. I want to say for, for <laughs> the pinup girl for um, 2008, and yeah. obviously wasn't on the front cover for a. The first few issues or the first few progs yeah and then eventually became like the the main thing tank girl kind of became much bigger than deadline quite quickly yeah 
Um, yeah. I, so first and foremost, you you were responsible for a strip called Wide World. Yeah. Which I always thought was better than Tank Girl, if I'm honest. <laughs> but possibly because Tank Girl was rooted in, um, and there's a lot of Tank Girl fans out there that was rooted in a kind of a fantasy. Yeah. Whereas Wide World was seemed to be, um, everything in it was so familiar, even though I wasn't uh, kind of a teenage girl. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of rooted in reality. I guess that was, yeah, that was that was kind of the the point of it. Yeah, that it was like it was based in reality, but there was like there was like weird things just like dropped in there. Yeah. I suppose which made it wired. That was that was the that was the original thing. It was nothing to do with like wired and wireless like we have these days. No. It, it was it was originally it was from the from the the fall song. Um was it totally wired? Yeah. So that that was where the wired came from. It's like that's wa- even you like know what wired as that, in like wired. That is my favourite strip, right? But that yeah. because I love the fall, that makes it even more special. Uh-huh. Just to know that connection's there. Uh-huh. Just I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I ever told anybody that before. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But, there so you go. why why? Okay, so this is this has just dawned on me as well when I was thinking about Deadline that it's quite a feminist kind of manifesto thing going it on. It was all girls, wasn't it? And but the writers were all boys. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, was, no, no, don't <laughs> apologise. I, I, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But was that a, was the, that a conscious decision from? The was, it was actually a conscious decision early on because uh, when Brett Ewins and Steve Dillon started it, um, you know, Brett was doing the Johnny Nemo story, and Steve was doing what was what was Steve doing in there? He had a, a bunch of different things, but there was like the Bebop and Lula yes. thing. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I think that you know they when they came to us, one of the things that they asked for was female characters. I mean, they they thought there was too, there were too many male characters already in there. And uh, I guess I mean um, I don't want to reference two thousand AD too much, but obviously at the time it was quite a massive. Um, it was like the mainstay, and yeah. it, it was it was a mainstream comic, but it was also loved by a lot of people. You know, it had people like Alan Moore writing for it, yeah, um, and the artists themselves. And the, there was only there were a couple of female. Obviously, Halo Jones is Ian Gibson's Halo Jones, which yeah. is getting a revamp. I think they're putting out as, as individual magazines or something. They're, they're comics now, aren't they? All I don't know. I was seeing someone because you know you follow people on Twitter and they talk about these things. Yeah, and Will, was, Will instead from Will from Cud. Obviously, he's a, he tweets a lot about comics. He's my he's my main line for comic information. Is Will from Cud. Um, but yeah, so there were there were a lot of male characters in there, um, and I guess. It, they were all quite fantastical as well. And then this deadline came along and it was like, these are like, especially Wide World, these are the girls next door almost. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were, they were, yeah, they were the, the girls, they were sort of an, an amalgamation of like girls we knew. Yeah, completely. That was like definitely what we wanted to do. It was like short haired girls in bother boots, really. Yeah. You know. They were also kind of. I, was it like the same thing Tank Girl was? She was like well, a she was, short girl but, in, Yeah, absolutely, but Tank Girl... girl I don't know, okay, so I think it's like the Spice Girls um, theory. <laughs> you know how the people said the Spice Girls... People fancied the Spice Girls because they were like the girls that worked on them still in Tesco? Yeah. It was like Tank Girl... You'd never fancy Tank Girl because she was always, like, completely... She was going out with a kangaroo, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, but the Wide World Girls, I did fancy. I've got to say. Good. And, and can you fancy a drawing? I don't know. <laughs> but it, it was just like That's you okay. read them. And they, yeah. they were, as a story, they were, they felt quite like rounded characters. Yeah. I guess you felt like you knew I th- them. I think you, I, I, I think 
you project onto them that I think like, okay because, that's just because me, then. they no no I I think like because they seem like people you might know you sort of round them like even though they may not be particularly written like that you sort of uh, give them that because they look familiar. Well, yeah, but I that's, know. I mean, that's that's part of it, then, surely. that's, that's I, I mean, I, I can't claim to have written them as well-rounded characters. It was such a long time ago, and, like, you know, I was a kid. Uh, I, I, I never considered it sort of particularly well-written or drawn. I mean, it was the best I could do at the time. Do you ever look back at them? Um, rarely, actually. Um, no, not, not so much. Because I, I, cause I, I know I've mentioned this, but... Um, it was the first time I'd ever seen... I always see the mistakes. I always see the things uh, that, I guess like, so. you know, I'd like to have done better. I guess so. It, Not yeah. mistakes, but just like... Oh, if you were yeah, doing it now, If I was do doing it, it now, I wouldn't have drawn, like... I, I, I don't draw faces like that, do I? It's horrible. No. That's <laughs> not horrible. That was that was the time. That's like, that's the I way, wish I'd ever drawn faces was, like that. That's the way it was drawn. That's that's what it was. So, but you, this is the first time I'd ever seen a comic book artist like represent himself and draw himself. Yeah, as kind of a, <laughs> a, a kind of a, a meta thing. I'm sure it wasn't the first time it had been done. I, I'm sure it was. I know. I know people like they, they did it in Mad a lot, and people like Robert Crumb did it. Yeah, yeah. But course, from yeah. from my kind of consumption of yeah. of contemporary work, yeah. like comics and stuff, it was one of the few times that I'd seen an artist like you. I remember the, there's a frame that you sit at your desk. Yeah, and like kind of just despair, and it was. It, I don't know. It was just like a. It made me want to to draw just like that and yeah. then on top of that there was all the references that you'd spend you'd spend the badges they were wearing and you'd spend a long time trying to work out what all the references were yeah but i'm sure you probably put them in there not because of that just because it was part of your life yeah yeah um i i i think the we did throw them in the as sort of like secret sort of signifiers like stuff for people to pick up people in the know like you know, would recognise that just just from a, a glimpse of like the middle of a, a t-shirt between the sides of a jacket, that like oh, it's a teenage fan club jacket shirt, you know, or like you know you, the buttons and the badges and the, you know, they they were they were just like things we threw in there as like like a wave to someone you might know, you know, it's just like waving from across the street. Hi, we're into the same things you are. <laughs> So how did it come about that you wrote it? Because obviously someone like Jamie Hewlett, he, he illustrated that and Alan Martin wrote it. But did you ever kind of want to, do, do you want to be a writer or did you want to be an illustrator or was it just a, it was both came together? It was, um, uh, I, I don't remember there ever being a, um, a, a single thought about that. It was just, some, I wrote it and drew it. Uh, I, I, I think at the time, I just wanted to do my own, write, draw my own stories, and that meant I had to write them, you know. Uh, and I, I, I know like Alan and what Alan and Jamie were doing was more organic than a writer and an artist. It was much more of a collaboration. You know, Alan was Alan was drawing and Jamie was writing as well. Okay. So it, was, it wasn't as as split as that. So it's quite that's quite a, um, a hefty alumni, those you three together, isn't it? Well, I I would say that considering the the, the impact you had. Yeah, uh, it's, and it's funny that we just like 
we were just a bunch of mates who could draw and write a little bit. Uh, I mean, I, I was just like, you know, I, I, I moved, I moved to Worthing with my family when I was about 12 or 13. And Alan was just one of the kids I fell in with. Um, I mean, you, you can't plan things like that. It just happens. You know, that's just the way, that's just where we ended up. And we liked the same things. And uh, he turned out he could write. And, was quite and then we ran into Jamie and Jamie could draw and was into the same things um, yeah so Deadline happens and it's quite successful you've got people like Brett Ewins obviously um, and Steve Dillon they're obviously they were already had a, a history of kind of success didn't they within yeah. like IPC and, 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 yeah. and that stuff so what happens then do you do you suddenly realise this is your career or does it just kind of like well, I'm getting paid, I'm doodling, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, I, it was, uh, I, we never considered it a career, I guess. Um, but yeah, we were just being paid to do what we wanted to do. So we were quite happy to continue doing it. Uh, Did you feel like a pressure to come up with more stories all the time or? Um, no, not not no, not not for deadline. Uh, although we did, like Jay, Jamie w was doing what Fireball, and I I did a couple of other things in deadline, hot triggers and a couple of yes. things. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, there was no there was no pressure to do other things. It was just what we wanted to do. We did whatever we wanted to do. Just like. You know, if I wanted to take a break from Wide World, I did something else instead. But then, like, kept coming back to it. But then, but obviously, then. all good things come to an end, and the deadline machine kind of folds in on itself. Yeah. Um, how was it? What was the time then between you moving to America? Uh, and was, there was quite. Uh, yeah, there was quite a while. Um, I, mostly it was working for um, American magazines uh, I don't uh, that's the the I did a bit of stuff for 2080 and then I am not at all sure how it came to be that I ended up doing American comics uh, I don't know I don't know maybe no I don't know no idea but you ended up <laughs> drawing them didn't you rather than writing yes. them yeah yeah I um, yeah writing is tough for me, I, 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 uh, I guess um, uh, it's a procrastination thing. I suppose I, I can't bear a blank page, and doing something completely from scratch, like writing a comic, um, would just sort of paralyze me. I'd just never get it done. So uh, if I'm working with somebody else at least I've got a script at least I've got something there to 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 be that's already started so your process if you've got that you've got that script in front of you and yeah. I presume it's I mean I know I read that um, Alan Moore does a whole litany of exactly what he wants in each frame yeah but I'm presuming that most writers aren't quite as fastidious as that no 
and give you a little bit no. more latitude. Yeah. So how do you, is it a sketchbook process or is it, I mean, does it come to you just like that or is it always a kind of a, a thing you work through to kind of make that story come to life? Uh, yeah, it's uh, start, starting with sketchbooks, yeah. Starting with just like thumbnails of, of pages, break it down and, and uh, see the best way to present it. Um, uh, yeah, um, and I, I think sort of I, I've been lucky enough to work mostly with writers who knew what I do, so they like they they knew they were writing for me, um, so they understood my style and trusted me. So I, so I don't get that Alan Moore kind of thing, you know, like working with Grant Morrison. The scripts were like a lot of the time very vague, um, but but I think like because he knows he knows my stuff and he like would trust me to make it make sense <laughs> as much as as much as a grant script makes sense. And what's the process after that? Then does it get? Because I know comic books, you are married to Shelley Bond who is the um well at the moment you guys run black crown publishing but no yeah. she's had a history of being um, kind of at vertigo yeah yeah the kind of the editor of, so i presume that means that she edits not only the the complete the finished pages come in and she'll say or whoever's at the top they would say the editor would say this panel doesn't make sense what's going on here yeah is it the same yeah. with a comic book that it would be with a written word uh, well, with the written word, you'd get a draft, and a book editor yeah. would say, "Go through and say, oh yeah, oh well, the, this is the wrong bit here." Yeah, you know, there. there's, there's, the, I, I guess there are different. There's certainly different types of editors, and and Shelley is like a very hands-on editor, <laughs> um, like right from, um, the, like the first drafts of a script. You know, she'll go through like three or four drafts of a script, even, and then like she would. Um, bringing in the artists sort of go through go through thumbnails and suggest changes so that so that in the end the when it comes to the actual finished artwork there are less changes to be made it's not like the first thing that she sees is the finished page and no. and says no like you're going to have to change that and that and that um well, most of the big mistakes are taken cool. care of cool much problem. earlier and are you still without without I know illustrators always say or oh, people always wonder what pens I use and things like that, but I'm, I'm presuming there's there's a there's a move to digital. But yeah. do you still is it I'm, the thumbnails are still obviously in pencil? Yeah. Are you still a, I, a I, traditional I, medium? I I I have a, a drawing. Um, I have a, a panel thing. What do you, what do you call them? <laughs> I don't even know what you call not them. A tablet. A tablet. Not a, not a tablet, but a screen you can draw. Not just like a sort of Wacom tablet, but, but yeah, like okay, the, yeah, yeah, like a, screen, a surface like a tablet thing. No, not yeah. like a, not. Yeah, is it a Cintiq? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I keep going back to it, and I never so far haven't been able to feel comfortable with it. Um. So uh, so yeah, it's like it's it's ink on paper. For me, so far, and it's—I mean—it obviously still works, but the color, yeah. the colorizing, the colorizing—that's all on computer, yeah. Yeah, I, it's all I, done. I've never, I've never been too comfortable with color. Um, I, and I tend not to color my own stuff unless it's a, a cover. 
because um, yeah, col- coloring's always a struggle. For this me, is, this whole so. co- this whole comic book thing. It's when you when you like draw, obviously like in college or whatever, and, and you you draw this, then you kind of realise and you see those credits, and it's like lettering by colorized coloring by. Um, yeah. Inking by, and with you yeah. going back to obviously to the traditional, your traditional DC and, and those comics, and yeah, where it is like all and it was always, into... and I always thought, well, why doesn't one person just do it all? <laughs> but it doesn't well, no, make any sense to me why you wouldn't just do it all. But I guess that's I'm not in comics, so it um, it it can make sense to do it all. Uh, I mean, the looking at um, the Black Crown stuff we've been doing um, in the Black Crown Quarterly, the like the first story in that is um, Rob Davis and it's all Rob Davis it's like he writes it he draws it he colours it he letters it it's like all him on the page um, uh, and other people are just sort of more comfortable just just letting someone else do lettering because we do have like a really good letterer in India in yeah. India yeah, yeah. Um uh, so it's, it's it's an international it's a, product is the crown is black crown international product yeah so let's talk a bit about black crown then because this is um a black crown publishing or the black crown pub yes uh, black crown dot pub i believe it's uh it's uh was it drinks every friday isn't it the uh every, yeah, happy every, hour every friday um unfortunately it's it's four o'clock our time in yeah. in los angeles which is midnight in britain I'm tucked up in bed, sadly. We're, we're, all, we're all tucked up in bed by then. Yeah. Um, so this is a... a, a, a I'm sorry. A, 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 a project. <laughs> I was going to say project. It's not a project, is it? It's, it's, a, it's a, a new venture. Yes. Hold on. I'm, no worries. I'm, I am so sorry. This is... Uh, okay. All right. Sure. It's my dad. Oh, is he <laughs> just arriving? No, he'll, no, he'll be arriving in a couple of hours, I think. But anyway, so Black Crown Publishing is uh, <laughs> yes. is a, a, a I was going to say project. It's a venture, isn't it? It's a new venture, a, yeah. a, a fairly new. Although it's been, we're on our third well, instalment of Black Crown Quarterly, the yes, magazine that yeah, features the cut um, story. So we're sort of coming up to our sort of first year anniversary of like sort of our first our first actual publication. Now. Although it's backed by is IDW, is yeah. it? it's very much the Shelley Bond show. Is it's, that fair to say? It's absolutely fair to say, and yes. I, and yeah, and you, uh, you're when, obviously there to... Uh, when IDW came in and, and said, Shelley, do your own thing, then, yeah, that, that's what they were getting. They were getting a Shelley Bond thing. And you just um, happened to be there. Little did they know that uh, I couldn't keep my hands off <laughs> of the product as well. Well, you know, all the better for it in my books, but then <laughs> I, I would say that. And, and uh, of course, with this Black Crown Quarterly, which is kind of a... I guess you could call it a grown-up deadline. It's kind of it's yeah. Well, it's the same I, thing. I, honestly, that's kind of the model we're going for. Yeah, I mean, we'd like to, I'd I'd like to have done it the same size as Deadline as that well. Good. But, uh, it's uh, you know getting it on the shelves. It, that's it's a difficult thing to get on, on the shelves in the in the comic book stores yeah, when you when you have a size. different size. Yeah, less so over here, I'm sure, because you've got your 2000 AD as the standard size. Um, actually, it's not, is it? It's like, well, it's, really, it's like uh, you know, the American size comics are the norm. They are the norm because the graphic novels get done in that as well. But you yeah. know, from an English comic book, comic point of view, yeah, your dandies and your beanos yeah. and your wizard chips all of, and all that. So all we're always, format, yeah. they're always your normal magazine kind of A4 format. Yeah. 
Um, there's obviously there's quite a few titles in, in the in the Black Crown quarterly uh, Black Crown Arsenal so far. Um, there's Punk's Not Dead and yep. there's um, name me some. Yeah, Kidlebottomy just That's sort of just about yeah, Kidlebottomy just came to an end. Just had its final issue and the the um, the trade will be out in. Uh, June, I think. So trade okay. means trade, trade meaning the collection, yeah. the, which which will be available in in bookstores and and Amazon and things so like the that. graphic novel, the, the kind the of the graphic novel, yeah. yeah, where we sort of like pull together that we we do like a six issue run of the individual issues, and together they all make one big story. So we can sort of pull the whole thing together, and it's a nice nice big read. But obviously, my personal interest in in, um, <laughs> in in Black Crown is not just yourself, um, but you're working with the Cud Band. Yeah. Um, just yeah, the 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 greatest band never to be successful. I think. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. Well, uh, there was something like that was one of Will's original titles. Oh, okay, yeah. right. And they, they it, it's kind of the the story of. Um, well, for those who don't know the Cud Band, um, you you're idiots, basically. Um, you need to go out and Google them right now. Um, they were a band that went from '87 to '94 ish, um, kind of peaked out towards the end, and they were, um, yeah, they were kind of undefinable. And I think that's why the music press had a hard time. They came along the same time as like um, the whole Happy Mondays Manchester thing. And then at the end there was Britpop, and they never kind of fit into any box, which is probably why I like them, if truth be told. Yeah, uh, that's why I like yeah. the fall because they're just yeah you know, undefinable. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so this is the the pretense the, the the yeah the pretense of this story is that it's kind of them in an old people's home, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Will and Carl, the bass player and singer, um, we 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 find them yeah living in an old old people's home, and they're not quite that old and just yet in real life. No, <laughs> no, they're not. No. We're probably projecting as far ahead as the cud, the early cud years are behind them. So uh, yeah, they they're in a they're in a, an old people's home, and um, Carl at least seems to still believe he's in a band. Um, <laughs> William seems a little bit more grounded, but yeah, it's 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 sort of it's. Um, it's there's there's there are two levels to the story yeah there's like on on one level it's about them as old people trying to reform cud um and but also throughout it is reminiscences of actual cud history which is always nice to see um this isn't the first work you've done with cud or for cud though is it because if you look back in there not only was the mentions of it in discrete mentions in Wide World and, yeah. and throughout uh, even even uh, Tank Girl has a few cud references in there yep. there's a t-shirt or oh two. definitely yeah. Um, yeah but there's um, there's things like the inserts on Glyn Dillon and you did what I will yes yeah we did uh, the, there was a poster that came with the Aquarius yes. album and a, a few other inserts there was a, a house you could make a little cut the out house, house that Cud built. The house that Cud built, yes, which was with uh, through the roof, wasn't it? Was that right? Yes, it was. And then there was a mobile, which came with Purple Love Bloom. The trouble is the reissue of Purple Love Bloom. The trouble is I never made any of these yeah. because obviously they're all st- completely <coughs> Good. still. Good. In fact, many of those twelve inches probably weren't even played because I would have bought the CD single, the seven inch as well. Yeah. 
um, unless there was an extra track on it, which I would have then played. But right. so the mobile was with through the roof. No, that was with Purple Love Balloon, the I, reissue. If, I, if I'm remembering correctly. And Purple Love Balloon yeah. is the... Not, not the reissue, but the original one. Well, no. Okay. Uh, so Purple Love Balloon originally okay. appeared on Haywire. Okay. At the B-side of Haywire. Was it? With Possession. No. Yeah. No, no. Yes. No. Yeah. No, it was, honestly. No. And it, no, it no, was. It was. No, no, it was. It was Haywire, Purple Love in Possession. It was a 12-inch. And it was the one with the the lock, the padlock on the front, with you know Haywire, with the yellow really? hearts. And the original Purple Love Balloon begins with, it begins with him dragging the spectrum, he goes, And in fact, I know that because it's the theme tune I used to this podcast. Okay. Courtesy of Mike, I said, go and use that. But the reissue of Purple Love Balloon was when they re-recorded it to film the, on the Squarius album. Oh. And it doesn't start like that. It starts straight in, doom, 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 straight in with the choppy guitar. Ah, okay. So the I'm original, I didn't, I, the original is on is on I, Haywire, I, the B side of Haywire, and it's one of those. It's Haywire, Purple Love in Possession, and it's the, the one of the finest three track combos you're likely to find. Really, I yeah. don't know if I ever even knew that. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah. I can I can. You know, sometimes you say things, you go, "Did I really? Is that true?" Yeah. This <laughs> this literally, I could have tattooed on myself. I know that for. a... Cold no, hard fact. You're misremembering uh, Absolutely from a, not. an alternate reality. Absolutely not. Um, no, honestly, check that out. Haywire. <laughs> and there's also a, a one-sided, right. um, a one-sided version of Haywire, like a limited yeah. edition. But the uh, the ironic thing was that they did a thousand of these, and they signed five hundred, and they left five hundred blank. So the unsigned yeah. one are as rare as the signed ones. <laughs> so there's a bit of me that wants to go and collect all the unsigned yeah. ones, yeah. just to make them rarer yeah. than the signed ones. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I never understood that. by getting them signed. But they never understood <laughs> that. And also, Carl didn't sign them all. Sometimes they signed each other's names. And this has come out later on. So I don't know. I've got one of the signed ones. Yeah. But, um, who knows who signed it? But who knows who signed it? Yeah. And in fact, it's not quite as rare as the unsigned yeah. ones. So that's the... Uh, sorry, we meandered there that for Cud. A, um, a digression. indeed. So you, um, you, have, you stopped for a while. Just go back. For, for illustration wise yeah storytelling wise because this is what this is what this is all about um you move to america and you mm, yeah. uh, you uh, i guess a lot of people would like to break into the american comics market and probably don't would that be fair to say or is that is it a bit like the american you know music if you break it break in america you're considered a success that kind of thing uh not necessarily no uh um you know a lot, a lot of people have a lot of artists and writers have like been very successful with 2000 AD and just stuck with that. Um, and then a lot have been pulled into the American market as well. It's a, it's a different market and there's a different style um, of writing and drawing. Although things have got much broader now. Many, many, many more different styles and certainly in like more the indie comics side. Um, it's not, but but yeah, the traditional American stuff is like the superheroes, the your Batman and Spider Man. Because I don't know, is is this a, is this a good time for comics at the moment? Because we seem to be lost in a world of everything's Marvel Universe or DC Universe. And oh, the, well, the, yeah, people I mean, are obsessed are... with it. But does that feed into the? Then does smaller comics get a chance because people will go and find those because they've been introduced to comics, or do they get steamrolled? I don't no. I don't think they get steamrolled. I th I think there's as um, there is a big audience for what you know technically are indie comics, um, 
there are some very successful indie comics. Um, um, I, I, I'm not going to come up with any names because beyond Saga, I can't think of any. But you I, think the market like, is kind of buoyant or wherever buoyant? I, th- I think uh, just about buoyant. Yeah, but it's not. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's crashing, and I don't think it's getting. It doesn't seem to be getting much bigger, but uh, we're doing okay. That's good. Yeah. So, what about the the idea of uh, obviously you did um, the uh, you, the illustrations the the I say illustrations it sounds terrible doesn't it? I don't I don't know what to call them exactly because you are you're an artist. I'm but a genius. Apparently. You're a, well, no, well, yeah, obviously <laughs> that goes that that's that's the top line genius. But do comic book artists are they? Do you think they get the credit they deserve for kind of? Because to me, certainly Deadline. I mean, I'm going back. I know that I shouldn't really live in the past, although I do. Um, but that kind of held a mirror up to kind of society. And to me, the best things always do. They they kind of reflect what's currently going on. Yeah. So you can look back, and it's almost like like discovering those photos that you. They had in a box for ages, and you go, "Oh my god, I can't remember that wallpaper." <laughs> it's that kind of thing. So you, the best music kind of throws up references and, and yeah. memories of of the time that yeah. is, as well as being kind of timeless, if that makes sense. So yeah. like, you know, you look at Superman comics, you know, the, the old Superman comics and the action comics. Obviously, they were the cars were there, the hats were there. That, that they had their their kind of genesis in the time of that particular look. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, with the Wild cars World and the was hats and everything. Well, okay, the cars with fins <laughs> and the trilbies and people wearing yes, hats everywhere. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, not just hats didn't exist before 1950. <laughs> yeah. In 1951, they invented the hat <laughs> and the car. No, but you know what I mean. It's like you yes. look at Wide World now, and obviously, there's things in there like a laundromat or whatever that you maybe would look differently today. Yeah, um, yeah, and they were wearing strange hats. Actually, I remember the, the those weird hats that indie kids used to wear. Those strange, like sort of just like a round yeah. hat that you invented in 1990 I believe yeah right? I invented those yeah <laughs> all right yeah it's a ghost movie. Um, but say so do you think that our comic book artists or comic book illustrators or whatever the the terminology is get the credit they deserve for because obviously a lot of writers you, people like Alan Moore they are you know rightly lauded for coming up with amazing stories and yeah you know so many things that he's done but if you look at Watchmen, Dave Gibbons doesn't necessarily get the same kudos, and neither I like. And like From Hell is a beautiful, beautiful book, but Eddie Campbell's done a really good job on it, and I don't know if anyone else could have done it quite as the same. Yeah. yeah. Do you see what I mean? I'm. I'm yeah. I'm, do, do, do they think the illustrators get the same kind of hero status? Oh, I, I, I think so. I, I, you know, like in the the general public, don't know many of them. As much as they, I mean, like if, if like ask the guy in the street what what he knows about Marvel comics, and like probably the only name they could come up with is Stan Lee. Um, but but beyond that, you know, if if you ask anyone who is at all familiar with the art form, they do know the names. They they know the. Jack Kirby would Jack Kirby would probably be the next name yeah. you came up with if you thought about Marvel. Do you think it matters so, though? Is it a bit like Does it matter? Is it a does bit like radio? Like when you listen to a song on the radio and yeah. you like the song and you enjoy the song. Yeah. 
but you might not necessarily oh, know think, who yeah. sang it or much about them. Does it, well, does it matter? If, if you have that little interest in music, then does, like, do you matter? <laughs> well, I guess so. <laughs> you don't. If, if you're <laughs> so disinterested in, like, any form of art that you don't care, as long as it's something pleasant in your uh, ear or your eye, then, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. But, but, I, but I think for, for anyone who has any interest in music or... <clears throat> in this in this case comics uh, or like or a, a visual literary medium like comics um if yeah if you have any interest in a, like a serious or yeah anything you could actually call an interest rather than just a passing liking but okay so then yeah you know the names you know the, you know like if if yeah you hear a song on the radio and you like it you want to know who it is you want to know where they come from and you want to know like when they're gonna have another one and uh yeah okay so but there's a there's a there's a, a certain what's the word i'm looking for um they were made to be obviously originally comic books were made yeah. to be consumed quite quickly, weren't they? And yeah, disposable. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. That's, I guess the same way is kind of there was like I always think of like eighties pop music. Yeah. You watch Top of the Pops now, and you can't believe you can't remember a song. Top. It's always on BBC Four, which I know you live in LA, so it's probably not mean much to you, but they repeat the old Top of the Pops, yeah. and you go, oh, it's from nineteen eighty two, and he goes, I knew every song in eighty two, and you go. I don't even know who, I don't remember these people. I don't remember this, I've never heard this song. And you know at the time you must have heard it yeah. because it was number five in the charts. Yeah. And so it would have been on Radio 1, it would have been on the countdown. But it's, it's kind of that was so, such of a disposable, and that sounds terrible saying music's disposable, but that yeah. particular period was oh, pulling yeah. out a lot of kind of pop music which didn't have the same. Well, I think as every period has. Yeah, I guess you know, so. I, like, I see, well, you know, I, I come over here like once every couple of years or so, and I know Britain has a very vibrant music scene. You know, I, I, God, I mean, like, none, none of them come to my head right now. No, but, you know, I'm like Arctic Monkeys or something, like, hugely successful and very good band. Uh, and they come into my consciousness across the Atlantic but then I come over here and I turn on the TV and there's like stuff that I have like is appalling music <laughs> I have no interest in at all and is obviously like utterly disposable yeah so I, I think any period in time um, you've had that disposable music and the music that we remember from that time is the music that's important so which us. brings me to so, comics so, yeah, so it, are there certain yeah. comics that are disposable and others yeah, that stand I, I the think, test of time I think so yeah um, yeah and the, like all I mean I, I can't say all the all the publishing companies do things like that I mean you know our experience I mean our experience at DC uh, yeah I mean they like there are books that really do stand the test of time and are important books and everybody involved in them has a serious investment in the art and literature that they're making and then there's other books that just get pumped out and it's for the kids you know it'll keep a, a seven-year-old happy for half an hour maybe and you think that's and, a necessary state of affairs 
I, I don't think it's a necessary state of affairs. That sounds affairs. very pompous, doesn't it? A necessary uh, state of affairs. But do you think that's kind of like it's always it's, happened, is what I meant? Um, well, it, it seems to, yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, it seems to have been like that. And then comparing it with the music scene, yeah. You know, there's there's always been disposable seven inch singles. Uh, like the stuff you'd see on Top of the Pops from 1984 that you no idea who that person was I just can't remember I some of them I just cannot remember can't say I've ever heard that before but then the next thing that comes on is like it'd be Culture Club or something you'd be like oh yes yeah yeah something that actually was important to you and you remember yeah and I, I think it's probably the same with comics yeah so what's next for Black Crown are we are we okay first of all what's next for Philip Bond uh, what's next for me apart from being Shelley Bond's lackey and, and General Dog's body and, and best yeah. boy at, uh, the, yeah. at Black Crown Quarterly. I'm, and, I'm, uh, I'm credited in the yeah I'm I'm credited in the uh, in the credits as uh, General Dog's body because I really do pretty much all the sort of tidying up and stuff. I you know we uh, we we've been trusted by IDW to to uh, do pretty much everything ourselves. So it really is like a two-man operation we're in a little office in Burbank in sunny downtown Burbank which is quite glamorous let's be honest it sounds it, it I'm sounds, sure it's it not but it's sa- it is far yeah. more glamorous it is glamorous yes yeah it's a village hall near Worthing or whatever it's a very nice place but our office is smaller than this room and, it, do- and, and it doesn't have a window oh, <laughs> and it gets it gets hot there's another message it gets hot and dark and but uh, but yeah that's that's where we do pretty much everything it's it, where you make the magic this, we yes it's yeah yeah um you know stop it um but what so what's what's next then are we so what's because next? because yeah. i say this because you're in october and if anyone doesn't do any if you follow any illustrators or anything, on on in october there's it's every day a doodle, a do, I say a doodle, a picture every day, isn't it? Yeah. But yours, and you tend, most illustrators tend to give them away, don't they? They tend to, they're up for grabs on Instagram, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But yours literally go within seconds of posting. <laughs> and and I know that English people will go, well, you post them at ridiculous times. I'm in bed. It's two o'clock in the morning. But they literally do. I have an alert set on my phone for yours. Really? Yeah, yeah. An Instagram alert that you can say when they post. Someone. They'll, they'll, so you didn't, you didn't get any yet. I don't get any. I don't no. get any. And no. I'm not bitter well, about it. Good luck. <laughs> well, I can say. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? It's no, the, no. It's the no, only I, fair way to do it. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I don't. Things. But what I say is, the, the reason I said I've got an alert on my phone, because when I then, even if I'm up at the time and you yeah. come straight up, I go on, there's already four comments going, dibs, dibs, dibs. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's nigh on impossible. So what I, the reason I say this is not because I'm bitter and angry because I know people who've got them and I haven't. Um, but there is obviously a desire out there for your work. Yeah. So I just wondered, doesn't that... At least that, in October. At yeah. least in October. Maybe October only. Maybe it's the, it's the world tour in October. But, and I know there's Rich and Strange, which is, which is a double whammy for me because obviously I like your work and I also like Cud. So for me, it's a bit of a kind of a win-win and it's, yeah. it's kind of perfect. Yeah. But uh, is there, a, uh, is there a, des- a desire? Is it kind of a... Does it make you think, actually, there's people who like my work. I'm going to do other stuff, like maybe a... Today, revisit some other old characters or update them, or 
Uh, there's, uh, you, you seem to be hinting about Wide World. Well, I'm just saying that I have seen a few people go, oh, when yeah. are we going to see them again? Whether it's they want the trade, as they say, yeah. or whether they want a re- a, an the, update of... Yeah. of Tank Girl, I mean, Tank Girl's still going strong. Well, Tank Girl's still going Ooh, strong, but, and, and, it, and it was never as strong a character as, as, <laughs> as Pips and the one. So, but I was just wondering, is that, is that, is that anything that in there, or is it just kind of like, you know what, um, as much as I'm doing something from a band from 1994, <laughs> I've moved on. Uh, no, I, st- I still think about revisiting that. Um, I've had, I, I've had ideas about that at least for the last, 15 years and nothing has made it beyond an idea so far can I can I suggest but one thing go on can I suggest that maybe the first episode is them going to watch Cud Reform because <laughs> that's a similar <laughs> that, time that, and as they were yeah. Cud fans yeah they could be going to see them on the you know and yeah. that could be like your lead in to and a few links to Richard Strange I don't know, just, I will the, I'll bear that in mind um yeah I I can't promise anything too soon. Oh, but, that's true. Uh, but yeah, the the there will be more of my stuff. Uh, I actually sort of uh, having dipped my toes back into the comics world with Rich and Strange, we're sort of moving on to bigger things. Is all I'm going to say right now. <sighs> that's very exciting. Yeah, that's a tease, if ever there was one. Yep. Sorry, that's all I'm allowed to do. Okay. I, I'm, Shelley would kill me if I told you any more. And she'd probably kill me as well. And to be honest with you, I value my life more than yours, so I'll uh, I won't say anything more. But um, I mean, it must be. But from a purely um, kind of, and I don't know if you suffer from this, but every illustrator I've ever known, including myself, when I was doing it, was you always riddled with self doubt that what you were doing wasn't quite good enough. That is the that is the artist's lot. You were getting away with murder because someone would attack you on the shoulder and go, "That's not even work, mate." You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So that that when you put stuff up on Inktober and you have all these people who just around the world go dibs dibs dibs, that must make you feel like, huh, it's all right. I'm soft, still got it. Yeah, yeah. Still it's, got lead in it, pencil. It it is nice. You know the the like the whole Instagram and uh, Twitter to some extent as well. Um, more Instagram because it's uh, visual. It's it's pictures. Um. It it's. Yeah, it's like every time if like I have a bad day and I need a, I need my ego stroking. <laughs> it's like you can post something on there and get get a few likes and feel better about yourself. I'm sure you yeah. get more than a few. Truth be told, uh, not as many as some people. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess it would be remiss of me as well to um, to mention Mr. Hewlett, who has gone on to be um, quite the. What's the word? He's quite the, the darling of practically everyone. Yeah, yeah. Surely you must have some dirt on him that you can... Uh... Oh, some dirt on him? Oh, boy. Don't you, I mean, if you go back to college, did, I mean, was he, was he always... Did you always think he was going to be talented? Uh, I mean, yeah, good thing he was going to be talented. But did yeah. you think it was going to... But that's not dirt. No, I know uh, that's not dirt. I wouldn't ask you any, anyway. That would be terrible of me too. Not once. <laughs> In the dark. Oh. <laughs> God, I didn't, yeah. Ugh. No, I don't, I don't even think about that. That's a picture in my head. But that Tank Girl thing, I mean, yeah, no, I don't. But Tank Girl, um, it became this massive thing. And then obviously the gorillas. And he's kind of, he can kind of do no wrong now. Yeah, yeah. He's it, like it, enormously talented and a, and a complete natural. Yeah, he's, uh, and, and, you know, we could see that sort of right from the beginning when we first met him. 
um, he he can he can just draw. He can like just doodle, and it's uh, and it's a hilarious thing that's like beautifully drawn. And his he just has a there's a like just life in his lines. You know, some some people struggle. Yeah. I think I I struggle a lot, labor over things just to make it look free and natural. It's that Quentin Blake thing. Have you ever seen how Quentin Blake draws? Yeah. And he does it over a light box. He draws it first and then overdraws it on a light box. Yeah. But to get the line again because he wants that initial... He doesn't want to lose that yeah. energy. Well, he but does he, that on a light box with his left hand. But Yeah, but I just think it's amazing because he draws it and then he puts it on a light box and redraws it. Yeah. And I just thought that was amazing because I always thought he literally would just doodle, doodle, doodle. Yeah. Because that's obviously the urgency, the energy in his work. Yeah. You'd think it was literally just... That was it. Yeah. He did it with his eyes closed almost, but there's actually a real kind of process there to yeah. capture that energy, which obviously some people have to work out, and people like, obviously, you say Jamie Hewlett has that energy in his lines. So. Yeah. You must yeah. have a whole st- a shoebox full of his old work that you, you're putting away for the pension. <laughs> of, of Hewlett's old work? Yeah. Uh, not, not, not so much so. Oh, I, yeah, uh, maybe I do. Maybe I do. I, I know I have. Now. I have. Li- I have odds and ends. I have stuff from like our college sketchbooks. Uh, I, I had my sketchbook that he'd sometimes steal away from me, and I'd get it back with pictures, with drawings of knobs all over it. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really surprise me. Was, so what did? <laughs> so, uh, you're at college. Like, what else are you going to do? What yeah. did you? What did you study at college? Um. Uh, let's see. We did. Um, um, my, myself and Alan did af- after a like preliminary year, just sort of studying like bit of everything. We did we did a two year um, graphic design course, and that would have been HND, would it? Uh, probably was, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we we ended up on a uh, uh, audio visual course. It was like the first year they had it in our college. So we did that for two years, which is where, when Jamie joined the course, he was actually Jamie was actually uh, the year below us. So, uh, so yeah, it was it was audio visual. It was uh, we did like a little bit of. I I think I was I I got sort of dragged into it um, because I didn't want to leave town, and I thought like maybe I could sort of get into animation. So that that was my my reasoning to stay on that course. Um, but yeah, it was it. W- but it was sort of general. You know, we did TV and uh, visual, you know, editing and things like that. Because that makes me. It's, it's just you ended up doing almost like the purest illustration you can. So you did the audio visual thing, and then you went back to literally pen and ink on paper. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it well. It was this. This was in like, what the mid, mid to late eighties, I think. And so there were there was none of the like computer graphics and that sort of thing. So when we, uh, I I did storyboards. So that was sort of uh, my okay. that, yeah. That was kind of what I ended up doing on that course. Some storyboards. Just and, did like, another storyboard, coloured them in a bit more, and they yeah, became wide work. Yeah, made a sort of finished storyboard, and it was a comic book. Yeah, because yeah, I'm always a standard storyboard artist. They are just absolutely superb. You don't, they're the kind of the one of the many hidden well, talents. It's, beca- it's become like a big. There's a big crossover now. Yeah. Like uh, like Glenn Dillon 
um, storyboarding. He storyboarded. Well, he no, he but no, he was he's been designing costumes mostly for Star Wars. I don't. But, I, um, that to me is just crazy. But he's but he's done storyboarding before, and Duncan Figueredo is like storyboarding a lot of stuff now. And so Glenn Dillon, just to talk about that because obviously you know him and worked with him, have worked with him. Yeah, yeah. But he's like. Now in the Star Wars universe, Glenn's another complete natural. He's he's like, like a like god in the Star Wars universe now, isn't he? It'd be you know, yeah. And I and I'm looking at him there, and I'm thinking about those. But he's drawn um, Steve in the drummer from Cud in an astronaut suit for a cutout <laughs> yeah. for a Cud mobile, and there he is designing yeah. Kylo Ren's this that the other one or whoever he, you know he's done lots of them. He's lots of different designs, which I think yeah. is just phenomenal. It just it it's is. It's, a, it's a kind of a strange path. Yeah. To get from one to the other. But, yeah. yeah, and he also, yeah. yeah. I'm like envious of, of that path. Because, uh, I mean, God knows we'd all want to be doing Star Wars if we had our way. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think even with the Disney Disneyfication of it. Yeah, but yeah. It's still a massive yeah, he's, he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's almost a cue. That's almost a cue, that is. Um, well, thank you ever so much for your time. Um, You're very welcome. It's and, been like um, free therapy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think you probably need a lot more hours on on certain Jamie Hewlett. Uh, oh, touch, I could I touching. Could, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I could go on for hours. <laughs> that's that's that. probably yeah. may have damaged yeah. you for life. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I hope. I mean, you know, whatever whatever comes next, uh, I look forward to it. Thank you. Not as much as I look forward to um, Inktober. Cool. Which, um, if I don't get one, I will be coming and knocking at your door now. Okay. Thank you very much. Good luck for Inktober. Then. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. That was Philip Bond. Um, if I urge you, if you have any, what's the word, like, if you have any like of, if you like illustration at all, if you like comic books at all, if you have any interest in music at all, I'd check out his, um, he's on Twitter, but his Instagram feed obviously is much better because it's all about the pictures. Um, and if you really want to play uh, the Inktober Lottery, um, try and bags one of his works every day in the month of October, then I would check out his Instagram and just see how quick uh, people can respond to an Instagram feed uh, post. It is ridiculously quick. Um, thank you ever so much for listening. Um, there was uh, hopefully more podcasts on the way. Um, and I really am thinking about doing a badge. Um, a friend of mine, Tom, came up with the idea of um, parking attendant badges for the uh, Ben's Multi-Story podcast, which I really do like. So I'm seriously thinking about those. Um, email me. Um, hello at epicureben.com. Um, and I uh, look forward to speaking to you. Speaking to you? Hearing from you. I guess I look forward to bringing some more podcasts. Um, it's nice and sunny outside. I'm just wittering now. Apologies for that. I tend to. I best just go. <laughs>